Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Andrew Sisto, who's Senior Product Manager at Project 44. And today we're going to talk about the future of ocean data sharing and visibility. Now, over the past few years, there have been a lot of great advancements in freight visibility technology, uh, particularly in, uh, in trucking. But now those advancements are starting to be applied in other modes of transportation, including, you know, ocean. So, um, you know, what factors are driving these trends? Uh, how is enhanced um, ocean visibility providing value, you know, to, to companies? And, um, you know, what, is the, what does the future hold? Well, those are some of the key questions we're going to address uh, in today's episode. It's great to have Andrew on the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. So, uh, Andrew, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, so Andrew, we, we've had some of your colleagues there at Project 44 in the program before. Uh, this is your first time. Uh, whenever I bring a, a guest on the program for the first time, I, I'm always curious about how they got involved with the industry to begin with. So before we dive into kind of the specifics of today's topic, why don't you briefly share a little bit about, you know, your, your career background and, you know, how and why you got in this, into this industry and what your role and responsibilities are, are there at Project 44? Yeah, Sure. Um, it's funny, I think in, in the United States, I I've never talked to somebody who, who, who woke up and, and went to college and said, you know what, I want to go into shipping and logistics. It's always been, um, you know, some, some, somehow they fell into it or, or they backed into it. And, and my story's uh, pretty similar in that regard. Um, I was going to school, uh, actually, I was, I was studying uh, uh, biochemistry um, and, and uh, made a pretty drastic pivot into, into shipping. I got hired on. Uh, at uh, Maersk, of course, uh, one of the biggest social carriers in the world, um, and and it was it was pretty cool for for a young kid. They kind of picked me up and put me all over the world. So I did two years in Copenhagen, uh, did about a year in, in in the Netherlands, did some some time in Southeast Asia and the Middle East, and, and worked on projects, uh, you know, globally. And it was really really exciting. And then um, you know, closer to the end of my time at Maersk, I I started a uh, logistics and technology company. Uh, Maersk was actually an investor in that, in that company, which is kind of cool. And then uh, Project 44 wanted to launch an ocean product. I'm originally from Chicago, just super natural fit for me. And, uh, you know, been here ever since. And we've been, we've, we launched the product, got a lot of great reception. And of course, now, now here we are talking, talking to you about it. Yeah, it's a great, it's, it's a great journey, you know, and it's funny how, you know, things, things work out, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a material science engineer, you know, by background. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then here we are in, in supply chain logistics now for, you know, for over 20 years. So it's funny how, you know, somehow for a lot of engineers or at least people that thought they want to be engineers, ultimately one way or another, sooner or later, end up in this industry. At least that's been uh, something I've been noticing as well. So yeah, it's, that, is, that is ironic. We had two scientists wearing sweaters talking about shipping and logistics. How about that? That's right. We're wearing sweaters in, in uh, just, just as April is about to begin uh, yeah. because you're in Chicago and I'm in the Boston area and that's, that's how uh, things are. So, uh, but great, great background. So obviously you, you, you've had, you know, firsthand experience with the, uh, you know, with the ocean industry. So, so before we kind of start talking about the future of, you know, ocean da data sharing and visibility, let's talk about the way it's traditionally, you know, been done. I mean, what has been the standard approach and Kind of what challenges or limitations have shippers and carriers faced? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think most uh, shippers listening will, will, you know, have a similar experience about uh, setting up an EDI transaction with a carrier. So, you know, it kind of goes something like this. You know, you, you, you do your yearly RFP and maybe you have a, an introduction of a new ocean carrier. and All of a sudden you want to start to get the, the same data feeds that you had from your previous ones. So, 
you get your IT team on the phone with with you know the respective carriers IT team. They set up some you know FTP connection. They share their EDI docs, and then they start to test and, and you know see how the differences between those uh, those different carriers uh, EDI specifications come through. And um, you know, lo and behold, you start to get these these uh, these EDI milestones. You know, three fifteen milestones kind of flowing into the TMS system and. You know, that's largely been done the same way for, for a number of years. And, you know, I think uh, it served its purpose for, for a period of time. And, and, and now it's time to, to do something a little bit different and do something a little bit, a little bit better. You know, I think, you know, whether, whether it's with ocean or even other modes of transportation, I mean, EDI has historically been, you know, particularly for the large shippers and large, um, you know, logistic service providers, that's been the main mode of, of exchanging information. But I think as you, you, as you kind of described, you know, that process is, you know, it takes, you know, EDI translation maps, you got to get the IT teams together from both. And it's relatively speaking, a, a costly and time consuming and, and labor you know, intensive process, which, you know, which is why, you know, in a lot of supply chain management, EDI has been kind of uh, relegated to just the very large companies, uh, kind of the 80-20 rule. Let's just connect via EDI with, you know, 20% of our trading partners that does 80% of our transactions. But now, you know, I think the realization is that, um, you know, you really need to connect to that long tail and you really need to uh, simplify and accelerate the way you connect with trading partners. And certainly that's where things like APIs and, and web services are, are, are starting to come in. And, and we've certainly seen the, the adoption of APIs and other modes of transportation, you know, such as trucking. I mean, is the ocean industry now starting to adopt APIs too? And, and kind of what's driving that adoption? Yeah, so they, they definitely are. I mean, we're working with a number of, of large ocean carriers on just that. Um, and, and also, you know, have, have direct integration with a number of large ocean carriers via API, which is, which is fantastic to see. I think, you know, the trucking community had a, it, it, they benefited from, you know, regulatory changes such that, you know, every truck needed to have an IOT device, right? And, and, and as, as a result, uh, you know, the ability to share data is, uh, is, is drastically expanded and it, and, it, and it has, you know, eliminated the need for EDI just because you can get a lot more timely, accurate, robust information via some of the connections that, you know, that, that are now there because of the ELD regulations. And of course, you know, there's no, there's no IOT device in Ocean Container. I know there's some folks out there trying to do that. It's a pretty, uh, pretty tall order, but, you know, Godspeed. And, um, you know, so I think there's just been a lag with Ocean Cares, you know, building out those, those technologies. And I also think, um, you know, there's a difference in trucking and ocean shipping, right? It's kind of like comparing horseshoes to hand grenades. You know, you have, you know, trucking where minutes and hours matter and, and ocean shipping where, you know, days, maybe not so much hours matter. Um, but I, of course, now with the advancement of new technologies and carriers are, are looking inward to try to take advantage of a lot of a lot of the rich data that they have to you know better utilize their networks and things like that you know you're starting to see some of these things come forward and it's and it's only to the benefit of shippers because you know it's, it's less rigid than edi um you know more timely in terms of transmission right you don't have to go through the process of you know that 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 ftp you know gateway in, in between and, and things like that and so uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to be partnering with a lot of ocean carriers on this. Um, we see them kind of going through this phase of, you know, early adoption of API and then realizing all the possibilities and just starting to shove more data in, which is fantastic. Um, so it'll be this, you know, it'll be a fun journey over the next com coming year to, to, to work with them on this.
Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's following. I mean, that's a great distinction between obviously trucking and, and ocean, but I think it's, it, you know, the adoption of APIs, I think it, it sounds like it's going to follow a similar, you know, similar journey that they went with trucking, right? You started out with a few APIs, maybe for rating and, and some other things, and then ultimately you had this explosion where now, you know, so many other services, web services are, are enabled. And, and it seems like from your comments there that, you know, it's, it's going to be the similar type of thing. You know, you'll start maybe with those APIs that, that are kind of the low-hanging fruit or the ones that make the most sense initially. But, you know, once the business case is kind of proven, if you will, or once the value has been realized, you know, the, the, the library, if you will, the capabilities are going to expand from, you know, from there. So from a, from a shipper standpoint, I mean, how are their expectations regarding ocean visibility changing? I mean, what, why, is, you know, why is it becoming, you know, more important for them? Yeah, so I think a lot of them are realizing that, um, you know, that the supply chain is really starting to become the tip of the spear in terms of customer satisfaction. It's not looked at like a cost center anymore. It's more so looked at as, you know, a way to, experience, to, to enhance customers' experience as it relates to doing, doing business with, with, with various shippers. And, you know, because of this kind of mindset change that's you know, been perpetuated by a lot of large companies out there, next day delivery type stuff, um, you know, I think shippers are starting to realize, look, we need to you know, enhance our own capabilities operationally and, and start to, you know, uh, be more proactive in managing exceptions. And, and of course, data has a huge, huge impact into their ability to do that, but also, you know, to, to use their data to enhance their own customer's experience or the experience of those folks doing, you know, warehouse activities on their behalf or, uh, you know, or managing stores on their behalf, right? And, and, you know, giving them visibility into what's coming, what's on the way, you know, how are purchase orders moving, all those sorts of things. And so, you know, as a result of this kind of mindset shift, I think shippers are looking at, you know, the legacy technology and just think, seeing that, it, you know, it served a purpose and, and it might not get us where we want to go in the future. So let's, let's look elsewhere to see what we, what we can do to really, really take, the, take our, our company to the next level with these capabilities. Yeah, and I think you brought up, I mean, I, I like you brought up, the, you know, the customer experience standpoint, because I think, you know, that, that ultimately gets to, you know, being able to answer those questions, right? Where's my order? Where's my shipment? And, and so forth. And, you know, historically, if you've had these black holes within your end-to-end supply chain, it's been difficult to, to answer that. But, but I think, you know, um, you know, part of being able to answer that effectively are the kind of the broader value proposition. I mean, it's one thing to know, okay, where, where's, where's the ship right now? Or, you know, has it arrived at port? But it's really the, the nested visibility, I would think, that's important, right? So I'm being able to link together the, 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 the ship with the container, with what orders are in there, what SKUs are in there, and having that visibility so you can then, to your point, you know, be able to allocate orders to inventory in motion, for example, understand what your inventory positions are, and so forth. But it's really having that you know, nested visibility, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're hearing more and more customers like you know, just the – traditional bill of lading, you know, visibility isn't important. They want to go one, two, three level levels down, right? They want to be able to look at, you know, what purchase orders are in what containers with SKUs are assigned, assigned to those, how much value is the, are those containers, right? Um, if I only have so many resources, right, where should I prioritize based on, on value of, of product or needs of the product, you know, inside those containers? So we're, we're starting to hear and see a lot more of that from some of the, you know, some of our really innovative customers who are approaching us with these types of problems. And I think, you know, one of the other things that we're starting to see a lot more of, especially in the ocean shipping space, is that, you know, ocean, ocean shipping is an ecosystem, right? Containers don't have wheels. Uh, you know, it takes a dredge rider to pick it up from the port and bring it back into the, the, the terminal, right? It moves around within a terminal, gets on a ship, might get another ship. You know, it does that at destination too. And so we're seeing a lot more customers, you know, looking at this ecosystem as a whole and, and, and parties who can connect dots between the various parts of the ecosystem is really 
that next level of visibility. And of course, it's hard to do that with, with EDI, right? It's hard to discover where containers are along that ecosystem journey um, via EDI because, you know, you, you can't, you've got to rely on somebody pulling, you know, sending you that data proactively, proactively rather than, you know, doing that discovery. And so, you know, we're seeing a lot of shippers approach us with questions like, well, why did I, why do I lose visibility when, you know, I ship on the spot market or through an MVO and how can you help me with that? And, you know, one of our answers is our being able to connect throughout that ecosystem really gives us the chance to discover where containers are, tell you rather than re- be, uh, being reliant on somebody sending you, you know, that data via an EDI file, right? So there's, there's a lot of dynamics of play and there's a lot of, you know, different stages of, of shippers experience with, with going through ocean visibility. But I think, you know, certainly the, the PO SKU level, that next level down detail is super important. And then the other piece that's really important is recognizing that we need visibility across this ecosystem. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I think a lot of the aggregation, I mean, how much, you know, it really takes place in terms of being able to aggregate all this data from all these different, you know, sources, right? And being able to connect those dots, as you described there. I mean, how are shippers, you know, leveraging this, this ocean data and, and visibility? I mean, are they integrating it to their, you know, TMS systems, to the BI systems? I mean, what's, what's your experience in terms of, from a shipper standpoint, how, you know, where, where is this data being consumed? Yeah, so of course, the, the TMS system is, is, is very prevalent and we're seeing a lot of really advancements in technology on the TMS side. Of course, you know, we've got a lot of great connections on, you know, on the TMS front and, and our partners, various TMS providers are, they're making and releasing a lot of really sophisticated technology. Um, and, and it's, and it's very, very cool and exciting to be a part of it. But something that I've been seeing more and more of um, is, is shippers spinning up business intelligence tools and, and using the data for business intelligence purposes um, to help establish, you know, is my network designed the right way, right? Uh, do certain terminals have a faster throughput than other terminals? And uh, if so, does that cost us, you know, money or does that cost us time getting products, you know, through ports to, to our DCs, right? Or, um, you know, where am I incurring more detention and demerge? Is that cost, uh, you know, high enough or, or higher than it would it be to, to reroute cargo, you know, via the East Coast, for example, right? So we're we're seeing a lot of these these types of questions being asked, and, and I think um, again having you know open APIs to consume consume ocean data and have those integrated with business intelligence tools are are really valuable for our customers. And again, I've been seeing it more and more, and it's and it's awesome to 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 see that innovation kind of take place. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because I mean I think ultimately with, with every type of visibility that people talk about, you know, the question always becomes, well, how do we derive business value out of the visibility? And it ultimately comes by, you know, being able to connect those dots, right? Being able to analyze the data and uncover those areas for continuous opportunity, uh, improvement opportunities or things that may not be intuitive, right? With the, the, all the spreadsheets that people may be dealing with or faxes and everything else, now being able to aggregate that data together, being able to combine it with other uh, data, you know, that I think, where I see a lot of companies that are getting value is, you know, being able to see that big picture now for the first time and see it in a more real time, you know, manner where they, now they can take some, you know, proactive action, um, you know, to either drive continuous improvement or to, you know, eliminate some potential risk or, or a bottleneck that might uh, potentially affect their, uh, you know, supply chain. Um, you, you know, Andrew, we're running short on time here, so I'm just going to get you know right to my last question here. I mean, as a way to wrap up, I mean, what questions should companies uh, you know ask themselves you know to assess whether they're a laggard or, or a leader when it comes to ocean shipping visibility? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question, and um, uh, you know, I don't know if I have 
the best answer for that. But, but what I have seen is that, you know, the initiation of this journey of, of trying to understand, you know, what we're doing with our data really is starting with how do we better manage exceptions, right? And then it's morphing into like, well, what can we do to drive business value with this information? And so if you think about, you know, managing exceptions as the starting point to being, you know, starting to think about real-time visibility and utilizing that to solve business problems. And you think about the end point being, you know, how do we drive real business impact, both monetary as well as, you know, increasing customer experience is kind of the end end place where some a lot of customers are, are, are finalizing. So, you know, I think, you know, if you're, if you're starting to, if you have, aren't asking the questions of how do I, how do I better and more proactively manage exceptions within my current supply chain, I think, you know, you might need to start to move into that route. And then once you start to solve those types of problems, you, you know, start to explore areas of, of how do I, you know, use, use this data and enhance customer experience. How do I use this data to drive business value? How do I use this data to, to amend my network where it needs to, needs to be? And so I think that's kind of like this adoption curves or, or this, this, uh, you know, lagger leader, you know, curve, if you will. Um, and I think they really have to have an open, open conversation with themselves. Like, where are we in that thought process? Are we where we want to be? Or are we just starting to scratch the surface around, you know, how can we better use our, our current people and, and stop, you know, searching customers, web, companies' websites for, for data, or, you know, better managing exceptions. No, great, great food for thought. And I think, as we mentioned earlier, I think, you know, I think when it comes to ocean visibility, and I think we're at the, you know, early stages here of what's possible. But I think, you know, as we've seen in trucking and the other modes, I think it's going to continue to evolve relatively quickly. So I think keeping a pulse on what's happening here is going to be important for everyone that's that that's involved. Um, you know, so we're, we're um, you know, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, you know, we, we always manage to scratch the surface of these topics, but, but you provided some great insights and, and food for thought for, for folks. So uh, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can do part two of ocean visibility at some point and, and get a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Well, I got to ask another question. You know, you being from Chicago, me from, from, from Boston, do you think we'll see a Red Sox-Cubs World Series uh, this year? Boy, I hope so. That would be that would be a delight, wouldn't it? That'd be I've a delight. Anyway, so that'd be that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I'll, like I would honestly, that'd, that'd be pretty fun. Awesome, awesome. Well, that'll be another excuse for us to get together at some future time if that uh, if that happens. Well, I want to thank those of you that joined us today. Uh, if you're watching this episode uh, on demand, either at the Project Forty Four website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Andrew, uh, you can post it there. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and I look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.